God is with you. Let us pray. Fireborn God, before the violence of your passion, no separating wall can stand. May your unseen spirit pour herself upon young and old, male and female, gay and straight, throw our borders into confusion, and give us a new language of love through Jesus Christ. Amen. Just before I went to seminary, I spent six months traveling around the world, looking at the major world religions in their context. This was back in 2008, and I started off this trip in West Africa. I took a bus from Dakar, Senegal to Bamako, Mali. The journey was supposed to be 16 hours it took three days. The first night, without any warning, the bus pulled over and stopped. And in utter darkness, people started getting off the bus and <laughs> setting up and sleeping in the roadside dust. The bus stopped all the time. Stopped for food, stopped to pick up passengers, but by far the most frequent cause for stops was to pay off regional officials, which I really did not understand. Despite the prominence of French in West Africa, all announcements were on the bus were made in Bambara, the primary language of Mali, followed by the translation in Mandika, uh, which is a language of Senegal and the Gambia neither of which I speak at all. I had no idea what was happening. And on the second day, a man seated two rows behind me got a call on his cell phone. And while talking in Bambara, he suddenly switched to Spanish. Spanish. What a godsend. Spanish is a language of home for me. Spanish flavors our lives here in California with its pervasive street names and food names, and in Salinas Valley where I grew up, I learned to count to 10 in Spanish before I did English. It's just everywhere. And later I studied Spanish and even got a degree in Spanish literature. You can imagine my excitement when I heard this man speaking Spanish on the bus. Turns out he was a soccer player that was going up and playing soccer in, uh, in Spain. Suddenly, once I heard him, I had not only a translator for announcements, but also a confidant during the long pauses when the bus was stopped. It was such a comfort hearing someone speak my language in a foreign country. Such was the experience of those surrounding the disciples of Jesus in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. So often we think of this miraculous moment as a display of power. But to me, and to anyone who's ever been far from their native culture and language, Pentecost was an act of mercy. It was an act of acceptance and comfort. 
Let's rewind a little bit and put this in context. Jesus and his followers made a big splash in the region of northern Israel. Jesus was crucified, resurrected, then appeared in a variety of settings, which we celebrate during the entire season of Easter. Then after his ascension, which we had on May 26th, Jesus didn't want his disciples to feel abandoned. So he promises them, I'm sending you the spirit so that God will always be with you. In John, Jesus calls the spirit the advocate or helper. In Greek, uh, parakletos or paraclete in the passive. Every time I hear that word paraclete, I chuckle (laughs) because the Yale Divinity soccer team is called the paracletes like pair of cleats. Anywho, Jesus promises a comforting companion after his ascension, and then it comes. The Spirit comes when the disciples are all together. All together. The experience of the Spirit is communal. It's relational, like the man on the bus was for me. The Spirit connects, translates, and brings together. The disciples are there together, and suddenly comes a rush, a sound like the rush of a violent wind. This is terrifying. Remember, they're in a culture on the fringe of the desert. Think about Job. A violent wind destroys the homes of Job's children and kills them all. Or Elijah, a violent wind precedes the appearance of God in the silence following earthquakes and fires. Here in Acts, we get a rush of wind followed by tongues of fire. With the fire, the disciples begin to speak in tongues. There's a fancy word for this phenomenon. It's glossolalia. These days, many of us associate speaking in tongues with like snake handling and drinking arsenic or so-called faith healers. Just for a moment, let's put that history aside and imagine we are in Jerusalem when the disciples spoke in tongues. Even today, when you sit outside Jaffa Gate in Jerusalem and watch people go in and out of the old city, you see people from all over the world. And it's like a costume party. Russian Orthodox, Muslim, and Chinese, and Korean, and American, and European folks, everyone with their own languages. According to the Institute of Linguistics, there are 6,909 languages spoken in the world today. About 2,000 of those languages have fewer than a hundred speak, or fewer than a thousand speakers. Most, the most spoken language in the world is Mandarin Chinese, with one billion. 213 million speakers. Compare that with 339 million native English speakers. Just as the Genesis story of the Tower of Babel suggests, humanity is divided by language. What a powerful thing that the first act of the Spirit with the disciples is to unite people through language. To meet people just as we are. God, the Holy Spirit, unifies us by speaking our language. 
this act of beauty brings home the point God has been making over and over again in Acts. The point that everybody's in. Everyone is a child of God. Everyone can and should feel the connection with the Holy Spirit. Peter quotes the prophet Joel to highlight this. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit and I shall prophesy. The spirit of God is poured out on all people, people of every gender, wealth, social class, sexual orientation, or level of accomplishment. God is not just with you, but empowering you to transform the world. Once the miracle of the spirit brought the world together by speaking every language today, I find the spirit speaking more clearly in another tongue. It is a language we've forgotten, but all speak. It's a comfort we all feel, but often avoid. It is a universal language that we share with both creation and with the divine ground of all being. It is the language of silence. So often... I hear God speaking most clearly to me in silence. The other morning, when Henry came downstairs, we just curled up together on the couch and lay there in silence, listening to my son breathing enjoying just being together. It was so much. It said so much to me. However you feel the Spirit moving you, whatever expression is on her tongue, I'm certain that God is speaking there for you, is there for you, speaking to you in a language that feels like home. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.